Reporting back live from Northern California, this is your man El Jamal, and this is Nevada Bounce. This is the place where your Second Amendment right is protected as long as you got them facts. Uh, today we're going to get straight into it. We got some world news on tap. Uh, we're going to be talking about the nuclear arms deal that Trump just pulled out of, and we're going to be talking about some of the back history to that and some of the uh, implications that are now stemming from that. We're also going to get into some of the uh, news on my side of the world. The California state elections are coming up in the next month, and we I wanted to put out some information about that, about some of the candidates, and also some of the uh, propositions on the ballot. Uh, we're going to get into some sports. Uh, we're going to get into the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, also the Western Conference Finals. Also, we're going to get into a little bit of the uh, Celtics and the Sixers tonight. And finally, we're going to end it all off with my uh, perspectives on the new Childers again, Be No Hit. Uh, this is America, which I truly like right now. So we're going to get into that. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's go. All right, so we're out of town is Trump is losing a lot of friends, but what else is new? Recently, he's pulled out of the Iranian nuclear deal. He claims it's defective. Well, let's get into a little bit of background about it, shall we? It was signed in 2015 in Switzerland. It was a joint, co uh, joint committee of China, Russia, the U.S., the European Union, uh, France, the U.K., and Germany and what it did was it it stopped the economic sanctions that were levied against Iran and also uh, freed up assets uh, at least a 30 to 65 billion dollars worth of assets worth of assets to them from their oil uh, their oil industry uh, Trump claims in his words uh, that this deal will be well this deal was defective uh, however there is evidence to the contrary that it did work uh, it what they had uh, reduced uh, proliferation they were forced to shut down two sites Fordo uh, and also Natanz, these were enrichment facilities. Uh, Fordo was turned into a nuclear physics and tech center. And the other was just turned into a, a research and development center. And that's what a lot of, uh, uh, of what they were forced to do. And they were also forced to sh uh, sh actually slash their overall uh, uranium su supply by 93%. Only... Uh, they're only only a percentage good enough just to provide energy. Um, now, also in terms of another claim that Trump uh, made was that uh, the Iranians were given an excess of a billion, a hundred billion dollars. Now that that's not necessarily true because Iran also had foreign debts, so that also that knocked down the total price that they were going to be receiving anyways. And a lot of what they were owed were from a were from an arms deal that uh collected interest from the 70s so that was a bad move on our part uh in terms of that miss that misstep what i see here is a power move uh an attempt by the american market to dominate the global economy uh it's a power trip on his on on you know trump's accord uh because the only the only other groups uh, outside of the American conservatives that are were was against this deal was the Saudi Arabians, which are the King Oil guys, and then Israel. Uh, 
and uh, the country Israel has always uh, wanted dominance uh, of the Middle East. And I feel when you allow these different countries to control their own oil destiny and allow other countries to do business with them and to help them develop, because Iran Iran was developed, it had the, it had the fifth largest oil supply, it has the world's fifth largest oil supply, and businesses were coming in from uh, Asia and Europe and hotel businesses, other oil businesses in order to, you know, to do to, you know, to increase that revenue, you know, hopefully. And this seems like it stunts that and it stunts that for other people, for American interests. And, and it comes out of another country's growth here. And um, in terms of how that affects the American people, well, oil prices went up, uh, oil stock prices went up. So the the industry, I would you could say, is doing pretty well. However, we'll be paying more at the pump. So there you go. Is it worth it? We'll see. Uh, everybody keeps saying, give them time. We'll see. It. Yeah, in the long run. Yeah. Whatever, guys. Well, we're gonna get into some local news next. We have the California state elections coming up in about a month, so we're gonna get into some detail about that. We're gonna talk about some propositions. We're gonna talk about the candidates and let's do it well y'all uh election time is around the corner well at least in california statewide elections are on june 5th say the date if you feel some type of way we have about five uh propositions on the ballot this year we're going to talk about a couple today and we're also going to get into these public office races so let's get to it uh like i said before there's going to be five propositions on the ballot uh, a couple of the most no notable ones are going to be Prop 69, which is the transportation tax, which is self-explanatory. Transportation, I agree. If they're going to tax us, make sure all the money goes strictly into transportation, if that's what you're taxing us for. Uh, now you got Prop Proposition 71, and this will set the date on ballot measures. And what that means is instead of a law taking effect the day after it was voted in, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to wait six weeks until it takes effect. So that should be interesting. Let's talk about the governor race. Uh, some of the bigger names, uh, at least on the uh, the Democratic ticket, are going to be Gavin Newsom, uh, former mayor of San Francisco, uh, former lieutenant governor of California, uh, most known for being one of the first public officials to issue same-sex marriage licenses. And... Uh, also, you have a prominent mayor from Los Angeles, Antonio Villaraigosa, one of the first uh, Latino mayors in the city uh, since the 1800s. And then you have the Republicans headed by Rob C. Newman, the second pro-guy constitutionalist and also another staunch conservative, uh, John C. Cox, which would who would like to uh, see the end of sanctuary cities in California. Other notable candidates for the governor race would be Amanda Renteria, a Democrat who also served with the Clinton Party at one time and also the Department of Justice in California. You got Yvonne Gerard, a sister who just happens to be a Republican, and you got Josh Jones of the Green Party. Uh, let's get into the uh, lieutenant governor race. You got Ed Hernandez going up against Gail McLaughlin. Yes, that Gail McLaughlin, former uh, city of uh Richmond mayor. Uh, U.S. Senate races, you got Kevin Leon, Aaron Cruz, and also uh, Tom uh, John Thompson Parker going up against uh, numerous other candidates. And then let's get into the Secretary of State race. You got Alex uh, Padilla, 
um, the Democrat incumbent who would like to expand voter rights, uh, who wishes to include uh, at least pre-registration to 16, 17, even uh, Euro voters uh, to get voting early, get voting, uh, get voters in early. Uh, got a good, he has a lot of good initiatives there and he's going up against Gail Life, the libertarian. Um, and one of the, the other bigger races that I that I wanted to discuss would be the attorney general race. And I think the uh, the attorney general race is important because uh, just by the if, if, if we talk about the job description here, um, the attorney general is the top law official in the state and investigate all fraudulent and illegal acts. And it heads, heads the DOJ and reps the state in civil and criminal cases. And it oversees the sheriff, the police and the DA. And I think this is important because the two candidates that I'm going to talk to you about are going to kind of, you know, show you just kind of the different uh, the different applications of our justice system, and just to see how just just vastly different a lot of these uh, people think here. Uh, the Democratic uh, candidate here, uh, main Democratic de candidate here, is going to be Dave Jones, uh, the current insurance commissioner. Uh, he he's oversaw uh the investigation of insurance crimes uh that have included corrupt CEOs and other public officials and he's also convicted over uh 7500 of those people uh he he saved uh California's 3.1 billion dollars uh by rejecting unfair insurance rate increases and also secured he's also saved billions for safety net hospital care uh, and he's also one of the only candidates uh, supported by the Teachers Federation and the Consumer Federation. And he's also supported by the uh, National Organization of Women. That's very interesting. And then you have the the, the reverse of that. You have the Republican, well, a Republican candidate here. Uh, and, and mind you, there's, there's four candidates in total for this position. But... The other two uh, are Republican and Democrat, respectively, but they both kind of fit in with both both of the guys that I'm going to dis, uh, discuss here. Now, the Republican candidate is going to be Stephen C. Bailey. Now, this guy believes in law and order and wants to stop the elimination of bail, first and foremost. And part of his backing and who supports him is Mike Reynolds, the author of The Three, the three Strike Law. So there you go. And plus also the, the law enforcement. And there you go. And that's all you really need to see. You see the difference there. One, he's fought insurance company. He's locked up, you know, he's locked up corrupt officials, saved people's money, people money. And you got the other one who wants to eliminate bail. And he wants to, you know, he's supported by the three strikes guy. So, you know, that's pretty much what you have there. Um, other notable races, though, are going to be uh, the race for the Board of Equalization, State Controller. Uh, and the State Controller, if you don't know, is a top fiscal uh, official in California. Uh, basically, the the accountant of the state. Uh, you also have the Insurance Commissioner, which is the Department of the State Insurance. Uh, he issues out business licenses and examines companies, so on, etc. 
Uh, also, you're going to have uh, the board of the superintendent of public education. That position is going to be up for grabs this year. So keep your eyes open. I just I just listed a few Democrats here. Uh, I'm sorry. I just listed a few uh, candidates here. There's a lot more out there. The information is out there. Uh, show up if, like I said, stay to date if you feel some type of way. If the political system, if it's the political strife you feel uh, has gotten you to a point where you feel uncomfortable, if you feel you need to take action, uh, do that. And there's a couple candidates uh, that are about, about uh, looks, it seems to me that there are some candidates here that are about helping that, uh, seeing, seeing that through. So take a good look at it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Do it for yourself and uh, show up. If you're in California, show up June 5th, register. If you're not registered, if you care. And if you don't, well, don't complain anymore. Well, looks like the Celtics are going to the Eastern Conference without Kyrie after all. It's interesting how everything plays out. Such just played a a damn good game, winning one fourteen, one twelve tonight. Uh, despite twenty lead changes, and yeah, you know there was times in in which both teams were able to, to spread their lead out a little bit more, but it always got back to three or four points. Uh, let's talk about some of the stats here, Sarich. Uh, for for the Sixers, he balled out 25 points, 10 rebounds. Had a good game. He he had a couple good shots, a couple clutch threes uh, that kept Billy close, kept Billy definitely in the game. He was important throughout the series. Um, B came through with 27 points. We knew that. 12 rebounds. Uh, not bad for just starting. Uh, ben Simmons got 18 points and eight ribbies. They played a good game. Um, JJ Redick made a couple plays here and there. And like I said, you know, 20 lead changes. And, you know, Philadelphia had a nerve to go on an 11-2 run in the final quarter. You know, the 76ers are a pretty damn good team. They're just going to get better. They're going to get older. They're going to get wiser. Um, They'll be back. And it's going to be even in, uh, a more interesting series next year if they happen to meet up, uh, match up. Uh, Al Horford uh, had a good game, fifteen points, eight rebounds. He also and see, fifteen points. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, pop up at you in the total in the total number of points. But if you looked at some of the points that he scored, you used to then say he had a pretty damn good game. Jason Tatum and the, and, and Jalen Brown, the two young boys, the young guns, 25 and 24 points. You got Marcus Point, Marcus Smart coming through with uh, 14 points, uh, six assists. Oh, and also Rozier has 17 points and some assists there too. Oh, and, ba- and Bain scored 13 points. So this whole starting five uh, looked like scored – Oh, and plus Marcus Smart, plus plus a bench man, plus a plus a six man scored double digits. That's that's a good team right there. Uh, they played a, they played pretty good team basketball, and that's what's uh kept them in the playoffs so far. Uh, damn good game. Uh, but once again, Boston made the plays in the clutch where it 
it really it really counted. And that's how you beat a young inspire a young hungry inspired team like Philadelphia. And only coaching puts you there. You know, they made those plays because Brad Stevens called them or he and he knows how to put the players in the right position to be. Uh that's how you win. Uh because you know Without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, a lot of people would have would have written this team off. But they played good. They've been playing the best team basketball I've seen so far. Uh, well, they, well, they played pretty good team basketball in the in the series. Uh, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Well, uh, they looks like they're gonna be matching up against the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, I think it's going to be competitive. I think Boston might win a couple games. They might even have the potential in the culture to take it to seven. I, I, I don't see, though, where Jason Tatum matches up well against LeBron. That's a tough matchup. Maybe you can you can switch Al Horford on him here and there. You can probably put Morris on him a little bit, put some size on him. But who can keep up with him? maybe Baines? You can trap him, try to trap him with Baines. I don't. I, you know, it's hard. It's hard because, see, with that being said, though, it's not like see both of these teams have one thing in common. They're their first uh their first round series went to seven games both of them had seven round series seven round games in their first uh in their first round series against teams on paper you still would have figured they would have figured it out against even if they weren't perfect um but they both had dominant second rounds that's the other thing you know, Philly, they stayed closer in their games, but they lost the series 4-1. And Toronto was swept and looked like they were out of it. So that's not going to work. That ain't that ain't going to – that's not going to happen. Uh, I, I think in order for – if we talk about the keys to victory for both teams to win, let's start with the Celtics. Celtics, like I said, play really real team bas very good team basketball. Um a lot of games, there's if you look back, uh, whether it was first round or last round, uh they have a combination of two players. It, it will either be Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, maybe even Rozier. But at least one of those players, one of those three are gonna score or have a twenty point game together as a combo. Or you even have how have, have Al Horford have have a twenty point game, uh, but I think in order to beat the the Cavaliers, they're gonna have, to have another game like this, like where everybody plus one is having double digits, May, maybe even Markeith Morris because LeBron will do so much and bring so much to the table, and if he he's gonna do so much that if I feel if Kevin Love just shows up, it's a wrap. All Kevin Love has to do is show up. All Kevin Love has to do is say, well, I want to, I want to drop 32 and 30, 30 points a game too, and it's a wrap. 
you know, that team, it's, you know, it's not, you know, it, 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 the, the, the Cavaliers team, it took a minute to get together. It took a minute to come together. Like, it, it struggled. And you look at some of these box scores against uh, um, Indiana, they were terrible, some, some of those games. They didn't play good at all. And LeBron was the main one scoring. And even, even then, even he would have off nights. So, I mean, it's liable to happen, but I think when the pressure gets on, that team gets better. Um, they realized what situation they were in after the second round, and 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 and, and I think it it put put perspective into them, and uh, the Cavaliers changed up their approach, and I just and uh, they already had Toronto's number, so it just it just they just handled business. Um, but it should be a good series, I think. Uh, Simmons he'll produce to some extent. You'll see what Embiid can do against some of the best of the best, but. I think the Cavaliers got that series. Um, like I said, they just if they can get help from, you know, at least Ke- if as long as Kevin Love can 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 get thirty high twenties a game, I, I, there's there's no because I, I'm pretty sure, you know, Corver can do is gonna do what he's gonna do, and the only thing is I, I wouldn't want Jordan to be. I mean, I'm sorry, I wouldn't want Corver to be my secondary option. But I'm cool with him being a third, getting getting tri- double digits. Oh, I'm perfectly cool with him being a third option and still getting double digits. So if they're able to do that, I think they can win the series. Like I said, I don't think it's a sweep because I think Brad Stevens is a good coach. And if you look at the teams overall, I think they're they're pretty damn good and they're almost about even. So it's going to be a competitive series, and they're going to take LeBron to the limit again. Um. I don't have a favorite in that one, but you know what? Like I said, you know what? No, I, I'm I, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna still stick with the Cavs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Cavs in about seven. I think Brad Stevens again. I'm gonna I'm gonna hype up his coaching. I'm gonna hype up his ability to put the players in the right position. Because if you look at like I said, if you look at Al Horford's point total, you'll sit there and say, oh, he didn't do a whole lot. But if you look at how he played and some of the plays that he made, he balled. And especially the game of before uh, game was game five, uh, game game uh, four, he played an even better game in my opinion. Um, and he and, and he's known to go for twenty points his damn self, and he could get rebounds too. So it's it'll be interesting. Moving right along here, we got the Western Conference Finals now. We got the uh, the Warriors. Matching up against the, with the Rockets again. We've seen this. Well, we haven't seen this edition of the Rockets. Uh, we haven't seen you know Harden and 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 Paul together in this situation. But uh, also looking over these two teams, uh, Warriors had an easy path uh, so far. Uh, they 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 pretty much blew out the Pelicans. Uh, Pelicans didn't really stand a chance. Uh, they got lucky. So did the Spurs. They got they lucky and got their little one win. Uh, the last game here, the closeout game here, Anthony Davis got his 34 points, 19 rebounds. Holiday had his 27 assists with 11. I'm sorry, 27 points with 11 assists. You got Rondo only getting seven, seven and seven points and seven assists. Uh, Golden State is such a big threat. I mean, because 
Durant scores 28. Clay scores 23. I'm sorry. Curry scores 28. Clay scores 23. Durant scores 26. And he got Draymond averaging a triple double with 19 points. That's crazy. So you very well got a whole starting five that can put 20, all put over 20 points on you in playoff games. You can't mess with that. Now, I, I know Houston will bring some offense to the table. We know who their coach is, Mark D'Antoni. We know that James Harden's going to shoot. We know... We know the deal. We know Paul, you know, Chris Paul, you know, he could score two. He scored 41 in their closeout game. And they also had a relatively easy path to the to the Western Conference Finals. Hey, you know, I, uh, Utah has a lot of work to do. For what it's worth, they're a good defensive team, but they're obviously they can't keep up offensively. We knew that. Come on. But ain't no way. The Rockets is keeping up with four people who can score to above 20 points. Not happening. I got Golden State in six. I know people going to be mad at me. Nah, nah, people going to agree. A lot of people going to agree with that one. Because I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see where we're both of them. Unless, now, unless they score 40 points, both of them can get 30, 30 point games out of them in a couple games. And Capella, he balls out and get and has 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 some good games. There's no way you can take on five people who can get you a whole starting five that can get you twenty above twenty points. Each of them, each of them can count for above twenty points. And I wanted to say that they had a weakness, but even they bench is solid. Even they bench somebody from they bench is able to score sixteen points. Sean Livingston had a sixteen point game in the playoffs. There was a game where uh, Looney got dummy rebounds. I think like 15, 16 rebounds, something like that. Like, they produce, even they bench producers in certain ways. So, what weaknesses do they have? I don't really see any, and that's a problem. Um, But I definitely see them beating Houston. Like I said, six games. Uh, Houston, Houston will have some excitement. I think Houston will push it, and it – I. <laughs> I'll be I'll be juiced if it went to seven because I get a chance we get a chance to see what they would be what Harden and 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 Paul be able to do in that game. We know they shooting trying to shoot the lights out with them, but two against five, you can have that. You can have that. So, so in terms of the finals, Cavs in seven, Warriors in six. There you go. Cavs and Warriors again. Here we go. Well, I became a child this Gambino fan lately. I hadn't heard. Well, I've heard of him, of course. You know, he's a popular artist. He's an actor. I've seen some of his TV shows and things like that. I thought he was a you know, in terms of acting and things like that. I always thought he was a cool actor. Somebody, you know, I've always saw on TV and and you know, heard that he was a good rapper, but I never I never got a chance to hurt him. But I just so happened to scroll down my Facebook and come across that this is America. Now mind you, when I first saw the video I was 
I was in shock and it was disorienting, but it was good. It was, it was, it was supposed to do that. It's supposed to make you, to draw you into and to get your mind to, to open up like that. He, he had a purpose with it and it was a good purpose. When I, uh, when I, when I, when I saw the video, when I first saw the video it was so out there, I had to say, you know what? Let me, I'll watch the video, but then I'm going to have to just listen to the song, the lyrics by themselves. And boy, I tell you, it, the lyrics, the lyrics is on point. He's describing what it's like right now. There's guns everywhere. The police is tripping. Yet we still selling dope. Yet we still dancing in the club, twerking in the club. These are the realities that we face as black people in this country. Police are shooting you. You are shooting each other though, too. Um, I like it. You know, the visualization was was graphic, was provocative. It was in your face. It was. It, it held nothing back, and you need that. It's good when life imitates art. It's good when it's that. When when when. You know, you you know what when you can say truly that 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 person understands and he gets it. I think he does. You know, and and it's cold because recently it's come out that he has a white wife, and there's so there's so much of this this effort in the saying that to be pro black or to be really black, you have to date somebody black or be with somebody black or procreate with with somebody that's black and if a black woman or a black man makes you happy and you're a black person yourself black man or woman yourself then that's great if somebody outside of your race just so happens to love you honor you cherish you doesn't lie to you doesn't cheat on you respects you for the human being that you are doesn't use you doesn't manipulate you good that's why and that's why you should like them it shouldn't be because oh she's white and she's this or she's black and she's that that's ridiculous and i think it it it, it and don't get me wrong there there is there is fetishization in interracial relationships you know how it's how you what's the word fetish fetishization that's that's how you pronounce it i'm sorry there is, you know, there is some perversion to that to some extent in certain circles, but who who cares? Who cares if, 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 as long as the two people love each other, who really cares? Does it make what he says that less coherent? I mean, obviously there's a difference. I mean, Kanye's married to an Armenian woman and he talking about selling out and you got one, another one that's married to a white woman telling you, hey, you know, look at the look at the situations you're facing. He's trying to get you to at least be cognizant of what's going on. So it, being married to a white woman or a black woman makes no difference. There's plenty of ignorant black women out there that ain't going to lead you nowhere. But there's plenty of positive ones that's going to lead you somewhere positive. You know, they've got, there's a lot of that. There's some, the fastest growing minority of college degree getters is black women. So they're not all ignorant. Neither are all black men. And neither, neither are white, all white people. Sure, there's ignorant white folk. There's ignorant black folk. Just because you, just because somebody you know or somebody you see is married, the one doesn't make them less black. 
Don't make them less anything. African American, whatever term you want to use. We get too caught up on on stupid stuff. Bottom line is he he he's, he's telling us a message that we should all take heed to. This is a dangerous place right now. No matter how much we dance, no matter how much money we make, no matter how much status we elevate, we're still a victim to this shit. That's why he shot the man beginning of the damn video, just to show you. And then he, you know, and and see when you really when you when you know what's going on, when you in tune to what's going on, you don't. The symbolism it comes to you. You you already know what it's about. There is no there is no real symbolism. Symbolism is just to hide it from the dummies because you're gonna keep them uneducated. That's why symbolism is here. But if you if you truly on it, if you've been educated, ain't no symbolism. You already knew what it was about. And it was a beautiful message. It was a powerful message. It's a message that we need to keep hearing and seeing because this is the reality of what we're facing. There's no sugarcoating this. He wouldn't have put it in the video. That's what he's seeing. And that's what we see. Anybody want to know what black people go through? Listen to that song. That's an example. Listen to our, some of our music. Don't listen to Gucci Gucci and whatever and Maserati and Lamborghini all the time. That's just that's just us with money. And that's, you know, don't get me wrong, that's, that's black people with money. But that's not all of us. Oh, unfortunately. Well, a far majority of us are poor. Well, not to say, you know, just poor, but working class, barely getting by. That's just one example. And, and regardless of it, we all get discriminated against. We all get shot by these police. So, I just wanted to say it was a good song. Lyrically, it was on point. He got to the, he got to the subject of the heart of the matter. And the visuals itself kept the message in your head. And it was something that we needed. And, I, and so far, I think it's one of my favorite songs so far this year. And uh, definitely something that I wasn't expecting from somebody like him. And I'm damn sure happy that I heard it. And I hope he, he continues to make good music like that in the future. Because that... That right there is all hit, and I think we needed that. We needed that more than Kanye telling us that we wanted to be slaves. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's our time tonight. Uh, check back tomorrow. We're going to be going over the NFL draft. I know I'm a little late, but uh, we're gonna go over. I'm going to go over my personal team draft report. We'll go over the Raiders a little bit. We're going to talk some Raiders football. Uh, we're gonna talk some. Uh, let's just talk some Bay Area football. Let's talk both teams. Uh, let's get into some college football also as well. I know it's a little early, but we're gonna start. A, we're gonna we're gonna have our two early top twenty-five. We're gonna reveal that too, and reveal some more sports and just news in general. So y'all check back to Never Out of Bounds, y'all. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed it.